I'm not here to poke holes and suspended disbelief. Anyway, they see some weird shit. They decide to make a baby. Thou Merkin merchant. Who gives a fuck? Oh my god, we're just gonna start calling you Damien Yeltsin's billboards. Well, you know, uh, I really like it here. Uh, it's kind of nice, and uh, it's not as cold as back home, and the soil's a lot better. So yeah, sure, I think we're gonna settle. If I'm a peasant boy who grabs a sword out of a stone, yeah, I'm able to open people up. You will, yeah. Anytime I hit them with it, right? Yeah. So my cleave landing will make me a cavalier. Good day, sir. If Siskel thought it was empty-headed plebeian trash, he was probably <laughs> really good at groove on it. <laughs> because cannibalism and murder. Pull back just a little bit and build walls to keep out the redheads. Authorial intent doesn't exist. Some people stand up and wipe their butts. Some people stay seated and wipe their butts. Like, it just... California, and um, I think I mentioned at the beginning of our one of our last couple of episodes uh, that I'm going to be taking over DMing our D and D game, mm-hmm. my my long running group's D and D game. Um, what's actually going to happen is uh, me and one other member of the group are going to be uh, taking turns, so we're we're going to be in order to keep the the workload manageable for both of us um we're we're going to be switching off and he's going to be running first which means i had to come up with with what my character is going to be for that for that game and um i put in a fair amount of time uh putting together a ranger uh we're going to be playing pathfinder first edition for anybody who's listening who's like oh yeah okay what are you guys playing and um, so for character creation for that particular system, there's there's a lot of stuff you got to figure out. And I put in a whole bunch of time and I figured all this stuff out and I had a backstory in my head. And I got done doing all of it and I looked at the character and I was like, yeah, yeah, this is pretty good. This is great. And this is this is a break from my usual pattern. You know, I'm not I'm not going to be playing the lawful good paladin guy tank anymore. And as soon as that thought came out of my head, I was like, well, but okay. In the system, what if I tried doing that? So, just like a Corleone, when I when I try to leave, it pulls me back in, <laughs> and so I've reverted to type. <laughs> and I'm and I'm going to be in in that in that game. I'm going to be tanking uh, as a as a paladin again, um, but you know. Uh, everybody's I mean, everybody's expecting it at this point, so they're like, "Yeah, well, of course." Just like 
this other member of the group is always going to play a wizard 99% of the time. It's going to be a dwarf just because that's his shtick. So anyway, um, that's, that's what I have going on. How about you? Well, I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a Latin and history teacher at the high school level up here in Northern California. Um, and you, uh, as, as we've established before, I am further along in the parenting th- scheme of things than you chronologically. I have a 13 yes, and a 10 year old. Um, yeah. Uh, you will run into this moment at some point in your life as a dad. Mm. And you need yeah. to plan ahead for how you're going to do it. Um, okay. At one point, your child will challenge the throne. They will challenge you to a foot race, saying that they know they can outrun you. And at that point, okay. you will still need to beat them. Okay. The problem okay. is, it will be a Pyrrhic victory. Because my back is fucking killing me. <laughs> <laughs> you needed to prove the old man still had it, right? I absolutely did. Absolutely okay. did. All but right. like my 10 year old, she is always stymied by the fact she's like, how are you able to to like block every punch? How are you able to outmaneuver me every which way? How are you so much more agile than I am? I'm 10. I run everywhere every day. I'm on a bike all the time. I don't see you doing anything ever. And it's like, that's true. That's very true. I've 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 worked on being very idle. Um, I am fat. I am out of shape. I am I broken you down. Say that. These are absolute facts. Being idle. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. I have said all these things. And then I point out, I'm like, and as fat and broken down as I am, I can still whoop your ass. So heads up. <laughs> and she's bothered by that. <laughs> rightly so. So she challenged yeah, me to well, a foot yeah. race today. I said, all right, go uh-huh. get your socks and shoes. And she's like, what? Really? I'm like, go get your socks and shoes. I will beat you wearing my sweats barefoot on the pavement. And so we went outside, <laughs> marked off the spots. And I told her, I said, now I'm going to have to hold my sweats up because they're going to fall down if I don't. And I'm still going to beat you, keeping my sweats from falling down around my ass. And she's laughing. I said, you tell me when. And she said, go. And she takes off running. And she thought she had me. And I pass her right toward the end. To be honest, I thought I would have gotten ahead of her a lot earlier. Um, but <laughs> fact is, I still did it, still ran past yeah. her. And I was pulling yeah. my pants up back around my ass because they had fallen down. Um, and I went back inside and I said, now, just so you know, my back is killing me. And I'm going to go sit down now. So my back, <laughs> my knee, for some reason, my neck hurts right now. Like there is nothing okay about well, my body. It's, you know, your, your spine is one big, long spring. Evidently. So, and, so and parts of it have know, rusted. Yes. Yeah. So that <laughs> is gotten kinked. <laughs> so I won okay. and that's the important part. And okay. I told her too. I mean, yeah. like that's, I love being very transparent with her. And I'm like, oh, no, I beat you. And I said, if you challenge me to do this 10 times in a row, the only time I would have beat you was this time. And that's the only time I'm going to do it. So you come back to me when you're ready and I will beat you again and I will be in traction for 10 days after. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah. See, see, the the temptation I'd have is, mm-hmm. you know, to to the argument of I'm I run everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm you know I'm I'm younger. I'm all of this, and and I'm and I'm doing more things. And you're just sitting there idle. My response would be, it's the divine right of dad. <laughs> this is why I'm the father. Right. Part of the station, child. Yeah. Just know your place in yeah. the celestial hierarchy. No. I told her as we were yeah. walking back in, yeah. like, uh, by the time you're 13, you're going to be able to outrun me, no problem. And she's like, really? I said, yeah. She's <laughs> like, so bro- you, our brother could, my brother could outrun you right now? I'm like, no, probably not. He doesn't run as well as you do, actually. You're, you're, you're better at yeah. that. No. Um, and I don't want to find out. All right. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's not let's not take any shots at the throne. I, I right need now. two or three weeks to uh to recover. <laughs> Seek right. me in March. <laughs> <laughs> or April. Yeah. Let's yeah. say April. Yeah. Give me just to be safe. A little a, bit of cushion. Yeah. So. All anyway. right. So that's that's what I got going on. All uh, right. Have, have you ever heard of paranomasia? Paronomasia. Mm-hmm. I have not. Um, is that a Greek word? Uh, Sounds yeah. Greek. Yeah, yeah. It, okay. it is. It is. Uh, okay. It originally came into our lexicon in 1577. Okay. Uh, it's actually it's Greek and Latin, as a lot of okay. smart yeah. words yeah. tend to be. Okay. Para meaning beside or near, and okay. uh, onomasia meaning naming or having to do with naming things. Okay. In a sense, it's, a, yeah. okay. it's a it's a rhetorical device that can be defined as a phrase intentionally used to exploit the confusion between words having similar sounds but different meanings. Okay. There are several forms. There's visual paronomasia, uh, which is like a picture of the hot place where people like me go and then people like you hope to avoid, which is slowly slipping under the water, which is really just a reference to Finland. Okay. Helsinki. Nice. Nice. Okay. There's also homophonic paronomasia, words that okay. sound the same but are spelled differently and have different meanings. Uh, like you've heard what's black and white and red all over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's homographic paronomasia, words that are spelled the same but they have different meanings. Like if I use two low- large ocean fish to keep a beat, my big bass drum. Nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's homonomic it... paronomasia, where you mm-hmm. have to use both homophonic and homographic paranomasia to be able to understand this type, which is cool. Uh, corduroy pillows are making headlines this shopping season is a good example. Okay. Okay. There's also yeah. re- right. recursive paranomasia where two appear in the same sentence, but the second one's meaning depends on the first, like a, a Freudian slip goes under a dress when you're meant to wear one thing, but you, uh, but of your mean mother, um, or yeah, okay. a Freudian slip is where you say one thing, but you mean your mother. Okay. Yeah. 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 And there's compound paranomasia where you stack them up in a sentence. Like, why can't you starve in the biblical desert? It's because Noah sent Ham and his descendants mustard bread in the sand, which is there. Okay. Yeah. So wow. tonight. So so is this just gonna be one one long set of excuses for you to make shitty puns? No. We are okay. talking about the most complex and superior of all art forms. Puns and their uh-huh. history. Okay. That's that's the episode tonight. I, the I picked of puns. the wrong week to cut down on beer. 
Yeah. All right. You want to pause it so you can go get no, a beer? No. I don't mind. No, I, no? I, I need to, but... Okay. Your Arabic friend wow. would love to hear this. Oh. <laughs> oh, is something <laughs> ailing you? Oh, You're oh. Looking pale. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. All right. You ready? Or are you Hold, on. Hold on. Hold yeah. <laughs> on. Oddly, I'm not angry about that one. <laughs> Oddly. Okay. That one, that one, that one. I thought it would get me the grapes of wrath, but I'm yeah, like... I Yeah. Yeah. It it probably should have. Yeah. Um Yeah. I'm I'm gonna need to stein back from that one. Um, <laughs> nice. Okay. All you right. You ready? All you right. Lenny go. Okay. I know. Yeah. You like a shot in the back of the head. Yeah. All right. Go for it. Like rabbit punching. All right. So when I (laughs) Ed has literally disappeared from the screen here. (laughs) I will I will begin. Uh, (laughs) when I was in first grade, I was not the favorite student, but my first grade teacher was my favorite teacher, Miss Lee. And I was in a uh, first grade class. Uh, I was one of maybe three or four white kids. I was in San Francisco um, at Frank McCoppin High School, which is named after the very first Irish mayor of all of San Francisco. Okay. Uh, It was over off of um, not too far from the Arguello entrance to the park. So I'm in there. My best friend at the time, Tim, is in there. And I'm pretty sure he was the teacher's favorite. He just would light up a room. Okay. Um. And and he shared his crusts with me. He's the reason why I like uh, peanut butter chocolate chip sandwiches, actually. Okay. Right. I didn't tell people I was hungry, but he didn't mind sharing his crusts with me. Okay. So when we were given assignments, I was I was a very early reader um, when I was in, in preschool. Um, they wouldn't make me take naps. They would just have me come sit down and read books to them and shit. Um, okay. Yeah. It, was, it was really cool. Uh, right. and Tim would draw. He was an incredible artist. Okay. Um, and so he would draw and, and we got these assignments that are blank comic panels. So the okay. pictures would be there, but the, the talk balloons would be empty and it was your job to fill them in. So okay. getting okay. kids yeah. used to using language and, and writing and stuff. Yeah. 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 So there's a bird okay. talking to a hole in the ground and the hole in the ground responds and the bird talks to the hole in the ground, and the hole in the ground responds. And the bird talks to the hole in the ground, and the hole in the ground responds. And then the final panel, the bird looks at the camera. And sticking out of the hole in the ground is a worm with a knight's helmet on. Okay. And the worm is saying something. And, and like, you know, the, the good grief kind of symbol where, like, you, yeah, they look yeah, frustrated? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what's above yeah. the bird's head. So okay. I had to fill it all in. So the bird... Uh, well, just bird and worm. Okay, so bird says, "Hey, worm, come out and play." No. Hey, worm, your friends are in danger here. Uh, you better come save them. Not working. Hey, bird, it's like Worm War One out here. Next panel. Where are they? I'll kill those Nazis. Okay. Six years old. 
This is somewhere yeah, in a filing so many, cabinet in my parents' house. Yeah, so so many things that this this was prophetic of all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. My my deep hatred of Nazis, yeah. uh, my inability to keep a chronology straight. Uh, <laughs> which which one would think would be a crippling trait for a history teacher, but turns out no, there you are because it really... shit keeps repeating. So you're just yeah, like, you know, like... I forget what version this is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then of course, uh, a desire to pun. Yeah. So that's that's where it started. Okay. So in literature, puns have been used long before the word paranomasia was created. I can actually remember Cicero making a pun using the words for salad dressing and justice, both being the word yus, uh, being okay. drizzled on top of two criminals whose names sounded like the word for onion from, from a court case called Procluentio. He also made an anti-Semitic pun in Pro Waro. Um, okay, wait, uh, hold on. Yeah. Okay, Cicero lived when? Uh, which century? Uh, he was born okay. in 106 BCE. Okay, and he yeah. so okay, and BCE. and okay, and yeah. you're and you're telling me that mm -hmm. anti anti Semitic jokes existed all the way back to the to to the Roman Empire. Oh, easily, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Okay, so he made some sort of like nothing reference ever to... fucking changes. No, no. Wow. He made some sort okay. of passing reference to pork in Pro Waro, Pro Warone, technically. Um, and yeah, it was it was a big court case. He was not expected to win that one, but he wins. Wow. It. Okay. But in this one, Pro Cluentio, which uh it was a court case in which a man named Cluentius was yeah. accused by his mother, Sasia, of poisoning his stepfather, Opionicus, which is pretty straightforward. However, uh, prior to the case, Cluentius had actually accused his own stepfather, Opionicus, of trying to poison him, which would have turned his property, Opionicus' property, over to Cluentius's mom, Sasia, who was married to his stepfather, Opionicus, which would mean that Opionicus would have access to Cluentius's dad's, also Cluentius' fortune. Opionicus was found guilty. In that case, both the prosecutor and the defender uh, had bribed the jury. <laughs> So like you said, nothing changes. Uh, did, did, did the losing side get a refund? Like, yeah. <laughs> dude, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I paid you fair and square. You Back to the case that I'd mentioned, yeah. uh, which happened eight years later after Opionicus had died, Sasia got her stepson, the child of Opionicus, also named Opionicus, uh, to accuse her son, Cluentius, of poisoning the newly departed Opionicus. Um, and the family tree for this court case is fucking insane. Yeah, uh, uh, but sounds pretty nuts. More to the point, uh, uh, nut tree. Um, yeah. More to the point, his argument on behalf of Cluentius, he uses a salad and onion justice pun, and this was in 66 BCE. Wow. Yeah. Now going further back than that. Now again, you know, I'm a Latinist, so my yeah. my efforts were largely that, but I did dip into other cultures as well. Further back than that, I found Plautus. Uh, Plautus to his friends. Uh, had copied over the play Pseudolus from the Greek play of the same name. Mm -hmm. uh, he basically Magnificent Seven, the Seven Samurai. Okay. Um, in there, there's a character named Balio, who is a pimp. The word for pimp and the word for butcher are one letter different. Lano okay. and Leno. Leno is a pimp. Lano okay. is a butcher. Butcher. Okay. 
And there's absolutely wordplay going on there about the fact that he's a flesh peddler, putting his thumb on the scale, the value of the meat that he sells, the beds uh, slash okay. the racks that he keeps them in and has them mm. displayed on. Now, okay. This Roman adaptation version first hit the stage in 191 BCE. The wow. Greek original actually okay. could be as much as 200 years or earlier. Okay. And the the and you remember this from a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Yes, That's the story, right? So yeah. the the soldier who comes back, the Greek name for him. So in in the Greek, there's a pun as well. The Greek mm -hmm. name for him is basically Stabby McStabberstein, like it's something along those lines. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So cool. I found other older jokes, by the way, but none of them that were puns prior to that. But I can all but guarantee in the literature that I can mm. all but guarantee that there were, in fact, puns in use in all the ancient places that pe people uh, existed prior to this. OK, um, well, yeah. Yeah. After a fairly exhaustive search, I couldn't find an example. But where there was there were several sources that pointed me to a Sanskrit pun about floods in the seventh century BCE. Holy cow. OK. Yeah. Now, there's records of puns in the Tanakh, uh, referencing the creation story in Genesis, saying that when men and women unite to have sex and procreate, they become one flesh. So there's something going on there. I don't know the language or, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And that's what I kept running into is like, I, I didn't find an actual pun where it's like, this was the pun. I mm -hmm. found this is what the pun was about. This is where the pun was and stuff. Mm -hmm. I found references in ancient Egypt having to do with parthenogenesis of Atum, um, but I can't find the actual pun, the one where he swallows okay. his seed and spits out more kids Yeah. Um, okay. and the land. Same thing with Chinese legalist Shen Dao's circular pun having to do with the power of a king and the position of a king, both being tied to the word for power and position. There's a pun in there. Yeah. Um, going forward, I found and liked James Joyce's use, uh, James Joyce's use of a, of, of a pun in a poem that he inserted into Ulysses, possibly influenced by Shakespeare. If you see K, tell him he, you may see, I'm um, sorry, quote, if you see K, tell him he may see you in T, tell him from me. Wow. If you see K, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's more for the okay. audience. Um, All right. Tell him he may see you in T. So there's that. Uh, Ambrose hey. Bierce also spoke against puns in the 1800s as, quote, form of wit to which wise men stoop and fools aspire. <laughs> Fuck you, Ambrose Bierce. Uh, <laughs> um, Edgar Allan Poe had a rejoinder to that, actually. He says, quote, of puns, it has been said that those who most dislike them are those who are least able to utter them. What's up now, bitch? <laughs> um, Never Sigmund more, Freud. motherfucker. <laughs> Sigmund Freud, cocaine enthusiast, uh, categorized <laughs> puns as a sign of weakness. What, um, what, and, wait, okay. Yeah. Hold on. Hold yeah. on. A Aside, there there are many things. There there's so much stuff I could say. Yes, about punning, and yes. I've said a lot of it. Much of it not printable. <laughs> Luckily, this is an audio medium. This is so an audio fine. medium, so we're yeah. okay. But 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 a sign of weakness. Like yeah. what was his? 
I don't know. Where, I mean, where, he was right? probably telling his friends, like, we should buy a boat, you know? like <laughs> So we're going to Vegas right now. Right, right now we're going to Vegas. Yeah. Uh, lay down. No, Ziggy. stand up. Stand up. Lay down. Lay down. Stand up. You know, yeah. Did you yeah. ever dream about Eves? Like, yeah. Ziggy. Yeah. Ziggy, we are, we, are, we are on a different continent. Vegas <laughs> would be a six-month journey. Yeah. And right now there's nothing there. Why are you mentioning? <laughs> right. No, no, you don't understand. We need to go to Vegas like right now. <laughs> right. It's critically important. We got to yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Go powder <laughs> your nose. Oh, there you go with the puns again, you fucking weakling. Like, at that point, he just sounds like a gym bro, you know? Um, ah, okay. In the New Testament, you see a pun, actually, uh, when Jesus is talking to Peter. He says, upon this rock, I will build I my will church. Build Yes, Petra. Straight yes. up a pun. Dude, oh, Jesus yeah. punned. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, Plato one pun. time, <laughs> the, the one, one time. time, the one time that's proof he was wholly human as I... well. As wholly <laughs> there you go. I think that's proof that he might have been divine, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, I wonder, there are so many different accountings of the yeah. Sermon on the Mount, uh, including one that is like he wasn't on a fucking mount. Um, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if like all of them were like just pun haters and they're like. No, 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 no. This is not what he said. He said this thing over here. Like <laughs> he didn't, he didn't, he didn't make a pun about the meek. No, right. That's not. He didn't. No, you know. He's like, no, he did. Like they're just editing. They're like, oh, God, there he goes again. Oh God, my God. No, the crowd it. loves him for this because yeah. again, you know, the crowd needs humor, right? Yeah, yeah. So, to leaven, yeah. to leaven all of the, uh, you know. You need to give up all your worldly possessions. Right. Your lot is going to be suffering in this world in order to get to the next one. Yeah. Right. You got to You got to lighten it up somewhere. Yeah. You know. So. All right. So, what do you do? Shadow puppets? Otherwise, like, you I, know, who knows? We we have. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, no like when he knowing. goes and sits in that boat and just starts kind of yeah. like doing the the stimming that he's doing, yeah. and people come up on him and they're like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Rock of Ages." You know, like shit like that. Like. That doesn't make it in. It's it's probably in one of the the Dead Sea Scrolls. It's in the Book of Gesticulations. You know, it's just it's somewhere in the Apocrypha. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And and I, oddly enough, it's a funny thing. Oddly, maybe maybe it's part of the Catholic mindset. You're making all these all these jokes about him butting. These aren't bothering me. Right. Like for whatever reason, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I can totally see that. You were feeling yeah. the call. Yeah. I I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But so uh Plato punned. Uh let's go back a little bit. Plato oh. punned. Uh and he praised pl- punning in his writings in the re- in re- in his writings on rhetoric. I was gonna say in the Republic, but yeah, yeah, no. Specifically in the, the book that you wrote, rhetoric, right? Yeah, yeah. Um he said that quote, in all these jokes, whether a word is used in a second sense or metaphorically, the joke is good if it fits the facts. Well constructed riddles are attractive for the same reason. Okay. So Plato. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, is Plato in, the one that was a stick in the mud about writing, or was that Socrates? So Socrates never wrote anything down. Okay, Plato right. wrote shit that he learned from Socrates, and then right. Plato, okay. uh, yeah. which, okay. by the way, Plato was called that because either he had a, he had like a six head, um, or like instead of a forehead, um, <laughs> Or he was broad backed because he was a wrestler, yeah. which yeah. I Play love. Tom. Absolutely love the idea of Plato cutting a promo on people. 
<laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. You're not the Aristotelian mean. I'm training the Aristotelian mean. mean. Yeah. No? Except, except the only problem with that is that, um, oh, damn it. Behold a man. I had his name a second ago. Oh, Diogenes. Dio- Diogenes cut name promos. A dog from here on out. Yeah. Diogenes cut promos. Yes, he did. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. No, no, behold a man. Like, oh, oh, Plato says he's the you. man. Behold, yeah. Plato's behold man. And he's Plato's holding, you know, man. Yeah. 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 You choked your chicken yesterday. <laughs> you know. <laughs> now, I'm not keeping it just to the Western. Uh, yeah, uh, and it will. I mean, you've, you've already canon. you've already mentioned Chinese. China. That's true. Know, classical um, Chinese literature. Let's so. look at Mayan culture. Uh, in Mayan literature, there's something called the the Chilam Balam uh, of Chumayel. Okay. Um, and again, Latin here. So if I'm mispronouncing, somebody please please correct. Uh, this was a book that came from a series of nine books that was written on the Yucatan Peninsula, containing several miscellanies named after the small towns in which they were kept. It makes a pun of the several town names. These books are a mixture of Latin script and hieroglyphic script, and parts of the books date back to the Spanish conquest of that peninsula in the mid-1500s. The collection is largely from the 1600s and the 1700s, though, and the Chilam Balam translates to essentially a priest whose last name was the same as a word for the word jaguar, though to the untrained eye, mine for at least an hour of enthusiastic joy, it could look like jaguar priest. Okay. The sequence of town names got turned into puns. So when the book discusses the wanderings of the Itza people, who who were people who wandered after the destruction of their empire the by the Patun Maya, uh, they were led by the mercenary king Hunak Kiel, C-E-E-L, okay. and founder of the Kokom dynasty. He'd escaped their capture, he hid out, he prayed to a god, and with the help of sorcery, he destroyed the Itza Empire in that peninsula, you know, like you do. Yeah, well, yeah. obviously. So okay. anyway, the towns in that area, so this is kind of like, uh, what what was it where like, um, it was like Zagat's, right? Where it tells you all the really good restaurants? Oh. Um, right? Yeah, Zagat. Yeah, yeah Zagat. I think, no. No, no. Zagos, Zagas, Zagat, Zagat. I'm, I'm looking Zagat, it up, but Zagat. anyway, yeah, yeah. So it's it this this list of towns is kind of similar. It tells you where the good towns are and the bad towns are, and it's a series of puns as the Itza are wandering on their diaspora. Um, so in here's a quote. So then they reached Talab, where the Itza stirred for honey. Tanlab means the division of land it means a division of land but huta cob means to stir honey so then they reached kikil which they where they had dysentery kik means rubber and or blood but kikinak means bloody guts which is their phrase for dysentery then they reached kal which where they closed themselves in kal can mean to imprison to shut in to trap or it can be the name of a place Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, wow. I went yeah, to yeah. Springfield where I put them on my feet and bounced. I went to, you know, yeah. intercourse yeah, yeah. where I conversed with my cousin. I mm-hmm. went to Mudlick where I, and then I went to Beaverlick, you know, yeah. and, and my, my girlfriend was happy. You know, it's shit like that. Like, yeah. I went to Oklahoma. It was okay. You know, it's like, it's those yeah. kinds yeah, of yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
did you find out if I was right? It was Zagat. Yeah, it was Zagat. The Zagat survey. That's what it was. Yeah, that, Uh, that. So in 1528, Baldassar Castiglione published something called the Book of the Courtier, wherein he taught proper etiquette for courtly behavior. In it, he carved out a whole section for puns. Ultimately, he agreed that puns were, quote, more usually praised for their ingenuity than for their humor. And I will gladly take that (laughs) attack. Yeah. And so he advised that those who employ them to, quote, be cautious in their use, hunting carefully for the right words and avoiding those that cause the joke to fall flat and seem too labored, or as we have said, that are too wounding. So fuck him. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is your dog a little shaggier than he would would call? Evidently, for? Yeah. yeah. I see he, no he was problem. More of a Jack Russell Terrier guy, and you, yeah. you tend you tend to like the the Scotty dogs. Absolutely, I see no problem. The Irish Wolfhounds that that yeah. will take you to Britney Spears. Um, <laughs> fifty years later, <laughs> when the Spanish or, or the cure is worse worse than the disease. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's See? probably the one of yours that has made me feel most like I've been struck by a crossbow bolt. Like, that's fair. The proof's in the pudding. Um, oh. Well, God damn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the massive. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think this is yours. You know, handing you the knife. Yeah, I don't know. I like the toad doll eclipse of Bret Hart. Was a good one. <laughs> that was yeah, in the same in the same yeah. category. Yeah. Yeah. So 50 years later, when the Spanish Armada defeated was defeated and routed, Sir Francis Drake sent a single word message to Queen Elizabeth. He was a polyglot plus one, and he sent the 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 message in Latin. Do you know what he said? No. Contradides. Uh contar contarides. Contarides. Mm-hmm. Which is a which is a Latin word for an aphrodisiac that we in English would call the Spanish fly. Ed has put down his glasses and is fingering his eyeballs, oh. hoping to dig them out. <laughs> so that's that's the kind of pun uh-huh. that that the three hundred all the way all the way in their mass grave at Thermopylae sat up and went, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because yep. because you know the same guys that that said you know uh, if to Philip right. of Macedon would, right. would look at that one and go okay that's that's goddamn funny right there that's that <laughs> that's, is the, I mean that is the height of humor that's, how is that that different than the joke about um you can send one word to your sister uh about what she needs to do and you you type out the word comfortable. And they're like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "Well, she reads slow, and it was for her to come pick up the uh, the table you'd purchase. Come for table." Oh, uh, okay. You know, yeah, it's it's yeah. not that different. Um, so yeah, Shakespeare used them a plenty. He did it to enrich the characters on stage, to keep the intellectual interest of the noble and common folk alike who came to see his plays in the Globe. Uh, political commentary was both mm-hmm. sharpened and softened by puns. One could claim humor, softening the accountability for standing up against authority in Elizabethan England, mm-hmm. while at the same time sharpen the people against those same authorities with the self-same humor. Jokes mm-hmm. do have a way of taking the piss out of people in authority, and puns doubly so. This is true. 
in his writings, Shakespeare used over 3,000 puns. Uh, the mm-hmm. easiest one I can think of is Richard III. Now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious summer by the son of York. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because yep. King A Edward IV, the Black Prince, is the hope and the scion of the York family, bringing cheer and brightness to the dreary world in England by his presence, making it like the sun was shining. And see, he's the shining sh- shining sun of, of the York, York family. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. There's a ton more, and I'm sure you've got some in mind. Uh, well, I can I can think of any number of places where uh, Shakespeare was was uh, very clever with banter puns, mm-hmm. like specific puns. I'm having trouble with, but what I what does come to mind mm-hmm. is that uh, one of the things I I learned recently mm-hmm. uh, is that some things that look on the page mm-hmm. to us as though they're not puns orally to his audience would have been because of the dialect in which the the plays were actually performed absolutely i um, mean this is why these things need to be read aloud yeah you know? and and there's i'm trying to remember which play it's in but there's there's a a monologue mm-hmm. by one of the characters where he says in which we root and rot and ripe and rape mm-hmm. are are terms that are used. And the thing is, in the dialect of the time, mm-hmm. rot and rot would have been the same. So right. to, to the audience, it would have been it would have been a pun. Right. To us looking at it on the page, it doesn't look like one, but but for the folks in the yeah. audience, you know, and yeah. the the uh pronunciation ripe ripe. of ripe and ripe. Yeah like would have would have been a thing absolutely and i mean um, we've seen that with like uh that that meme that goes around every couple years of like y'all crazy if you think it says data it clearly says data right yeah and and in our minds we always switch it to whichever one is wrong and then whichever Mm -hmm. one is right you know yeah yeah so so um i i'm thinking of uh, romeo and juliet shall we take mm. the maiden's heads no let's take their maiden heads Mm-hmm. you know uh and and you know again it's shakespeare like i said he did three thousand yeah. of them through yeah. his writings so um where else does a uh where else does a wasp hide her sting in her tail go sir what with my tongue in your tail right come, oh yeah, kate, yeah come that one immediately comes From, to mind kiss me kate uh taming uh, the true taming the true yeah. yes yeah uh god damn what a great couple um now during the reign of charles the first the archbishop of canterbury william loud l-a-u-d um so laud right Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, sensitive about his own height used a ton of his influence and favor with the charles court this is charles the first one who loses his head yeah um to eventually have wound up six inches shorter yeah anyway sorry uh, he uses his influence and, fla- and favor with uh, the court to eventually have a royal court jester who was himself a little person banished because King Archie, as the jester was called, insulted the archbishop once during a prayer for a meal with a pun. And he said, oh, would, you know, and he's, he's essentially like being called out for being short. Like, you know, so would your would your highness, King Archie, highness, right? Uh, like to give the benediction, give the, you know, like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
do you remember um how wonderfully it backfired when rufus sewell said why don't we see a dance from your land sir ostrich you know from, yes from, yeah. okay so he asks him to do it and so the the jester whose job is to be funny as fuck says uh let us give great praise to the lord and little lord to the devil wow yeah <laughs> don't 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 pick a fight with a stand-up comic man right like <laughs> you, you you come for the you, king you better kill him <laughs> like holy which crap, they man. did um but... oh really <laughs> the... <laughs> Not well, just not exiled. Him. Oh, not okay. him. All right. No. Um. He ends up. Uh. Well, we'll get there. Um. So leading up to the English Civil War, there's a Puritan named William Prynne, P R Y N N E, okay. uh, who made a visual pun about the Pope that Charles I found so objectionable that he had Prynne branded on both cheeks. Wow. Okay. Kind of a cheeky response. A little bit there. Yeah. And he yeah. had both of his ears cropped. Ooh, yeah, shit. Now, okay, Prin, having received the sentence, and what was seared into his flesh was the letters S and L, standing for seditious libeler. Okay, um, he then wrote a pun in English and Latin as a response. He renamed his facial burns Stigmata Laudis, the stigmata of glory. But Laudis is the genitive form of loud which is the archbishop's last name, the same one who went after King Archie. Wow. Now, Loud was less willing to turn the other cheek after both had already been burned. Mm. (laughs) Prynne had his last laugh when he was the officiant at a show trial that led Laud to having his head chopped off. Yeah. Yeah. The the roundheads were, were... Not known for their magnanimity. No, no. But like, motherfucker, <laughs> Apparently, you burned me. I'm, I'm gonna hold on to that for a while. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, in that particular case, that's yeah, not unreasonable that you'd hold a grudge. But right, yeah. At the same time, yeah. Like, wow. Holy crap, man! Come on. Now the yeah. restoration saw frivolity and silliness work its way back into the culture in England, uh, which meant many more body puns. Mm-hmm. Probably in response to the buckled boot of the Puritans falling hard and spiritedly during the Cromwell years on hard spirits, England's coffee houses flourished and taverns got ground into the ground. Okay. Yeah. You, you, you We're did moving keep on. up for the hard spirits. Okay. We're moving on. Coffee houses then as now became a counterculture counterculture. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're walking. We're okay. walking. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm only hoping that friend of the show, Gabriel Cruz, is listening to this <laughs> because yeah. he is Catholic enough to think that this is penance still. Um, so. So puns this is, stayed. This is saving me a lot of time in purgatory. I will say. <laughs> yes. I will say. Living it here on Earth. Yeah, pretty um, much. Puns stayed not only on stage as a mainstay. You good? Yeah. <laughs> okay. They allowed authors to make body jokes about genitals and poop in a safe and less than legally obscene way because of how clever it is. 
because to get it, the officials in charge of censorship had to admit that they were thinking along the same lines, which is hard to argue decency and vulgarity when your own outward decency is laced with an inner understanding of vulgarity. Mm hmm. Well, you know, I can't define porn, but I know it when I see it. Well, right. okay, if you know it when you see it, then what are you doing judging it, right. asshole? Do please like, recite what it was. It's like, <laughs> oh, just go home. Just go home. <laughs> and that brings it's, us. It's, it's like I, I have to I have to interject here. It's sure. like when you're when you're in the classroom and, uh -huh. you know, either you have a malapropism that, you know, turns into something, you know, being you know, not the way you meant it, but right, right. Know, phrasing kind of situation. Use the word "do it" in front of any middle schoolers. Yeah, right. and 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 you you have a kid start snirking. You got to look at him and go, "I'm sorry. Why is that funny?" <laughs> like, and the hardest part is you have to be totally stone faced and not show any emotion about yeah. it. And just be totally like I'm. I'm teaching um, "Boy" by Roald Dahl to my mm -hmm. sixth graders right now. And of course it takes place in the 1920s in boarding schools in England. Mm -hmm. And so he, he refers to the, the officials and the, and the, you know, adults of authority that he's having to deal with. And I mean, mm -hmm. they're all universally assholes. Um, but he, he, a couple of the lines refer to the headmaster of the school. And I'm reading this passage to my mm -hmm. students and I, and I say headmaster and and I have two boys, yeah. two 12 year old boys in the front mm -hmm. row start snirking. And I, I don't I don't respond at first. I just note it and I keep going. And the next time I say it, they snirk again. And uh, I, I, I had to do that. I looked right at him and I said, can you explain to me why you find that funny? <laughs> And they're sixth graders, so fortunately none of them like took the challenge yet. They haven't they haven't sure. gotten they don't have enough testosterone coursing yeah, through their, their balls systems haven't yet dropped to do yet. that. Yeah. yeah. So so the one of them that I was actually looking at just went white as a sheet. Uh uh, uh that's what I thought. Mm -hmm. Anyway, carrying on. So yeah, it's 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 the yeah. same thing in reverse. Like, yeah. It's funny too, because like when it's just the two kids that get it. I will yeah. give them a wink and a nod. It's like, I know, let's go. Yeah. Um, and and then they are forever like in my pocket. Like they, oh, yeah. they yeah. know that they have been seen, but <laughs> and they feel so smart. So <laughs> so that brings us to 1644, uh, which is where the word pun actually is dated. Really? Um, yeah. It took that long. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Three okay. little letters, man. There was a character named Mr. Puny, Punny, P-U-N-Y, okay. in Abraham Cowley's comedy, The Guardian, which was first acted out in 1641, who was described as, quote, a young gallant, a pretender to wit. So, first of all, <laughs> A fuck pretender you to wit. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Okay. The play, the play got revised in 1661, okay. and the adjective "punish" was used to describe his non-wet, non-wit. Secondly, okay. fuck you. Yeah. Um, by <laughs> by, <laughs> by the 1700s, uh, dictionaries are citing a pun as quote a quibble, witty conceit, fancy, clench. 
the idea of a play on words existed prior to this and was used to describe such, but the original connotation of pun seems to have been, quote, an over-subtle distinction, or what I would call too clever for the room. So, third of all, <laughs> fuck you. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I, I, there's, there's a level on which I feel like this, this whole episode is, is <laughs> just you feeling like you need to, to stand up and justify. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I feel seen and attacked. Yes. Okay. Uh, by that statement. Okay. okay. <laughs> like there's a part of me that really wants to say, I, I don't have to justify anything. I'm right. And then there's other parts of me that are like, all right, there's like 400 years of history of people bitching about not being smart enough to understand puns. So clearly someone <laughs> thinks that I need to justify something. <laughs> so I have to do an apologetics because God damn it. Right, because there are stupid people in charge yeah. of writing things. Yes. Uh, so... Third of all, fuck you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... so there's so much etymology that's interesting about this, but mostly, honestly, just to me. And it's all conjecture, so I'm loath to spend very much time on that conjecture. So let's okay. just stick to the idea that it's unknown in its English etymology beyond a lot of conjecture from multiple nearby languages. Okay. Now, during the Enlightenment, smarty smart pants derided puns as vulgar and low humor. Uh, their obsession with seriousness and with themselves and their own intelligence was exactly at odds with the salon culture of precise pedantry and intellectual currency that pervaded rich women's parlors. Puns were good for pubs, not for powdered yeah. wig folks. Okay. So you're starting to see a class divide here, right? And I'd mentioned coffee houses because that's mm -hmm. kind of a big deal. Yeah. In 1677, Roger Lestrange published Coffee House Jests, which had a chaplain in the army praying that the parliament be blessed by God, quote, grant they may all hang together, which I love. Um, a bystander said in response, quote, with all my heart and the sooner the better. That's a really good way to wind up having your head tarred in a, yeah. in a cage. Like, but now you like, see like, where Ben Franklin got his shit, right? Oh, yeah. Well, right. entirely. We all, yeah. we all should hang together or we should all hang all separately. Right? Separately, yeah. So punning politically was back, baby. And it was being filtered through bitter and dark books written in coffee houses. And of course, this stirred the temperaments of the king, worried that another rebellion was brewing. But Charles II's efforts to mean mug the coffee houses by outlawing coffee, chocolate, sherbet, or tea left folks cold. People shot back, and the king quickly acquiesced. What? Mm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. And that brings us rather quickly to Jonathan Swift. Nice. You, you just put on nice. your glasses too. Nice. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> God damn the timing. He's a yes. famous satirist and author, and mm -hmm. uh, he was a frequent patron at coffee and tea houses, especially a famous one called Will's Coffee House, just east of Coven Covent Garden. Yes. Witty people would gather there, foaming at the mouth for witty exchanges, and he punned across two languages frequently, which I fucking love. Um, the name of the island in Gulliver's Travels is Lilliput? Laputa. Oh, Laputa, yes. Which is Spanish for the whore. The whore. 
Yes. Yeah. But at this time, there is a shift occurring in intellectual circles toward the serious and the stodgy. The idea of legitimacy could be soused out by looking at how one reacted to puns. If you roll your eyes, complain about how lowborn it is, congratulations, you're an enlightenment thinker. If you appreciate it and admire its artistic merit and cleverness, then you're not a dick. <laughs> totally, totally unbiased interpretation of all. A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. This, this yeah, is this verifiable. Is... Truth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure Hobbes was, as a matter of fact, a complete asshole. I'm not gonna. I don't doubt it. Yeah. I, like with an ad, with with an outlook like his. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> But at this time, there there was a shift occurring within intellectual circles. Uh, in all seriousness, like toward rationalism and precision, and, and oh yeah, a, and a dogmatic adherence to like narrow definitions of logic. Um, okay, yeah, we see what you mean. In other words, the speech and debate approach to writing. Um, so. Uh, yeah, it, it began to overtake any respect of puns. Puns are, by their nature, ambiguous and protean. They're easy to dismiss as mere rhetoric for the unsubstantive arguer. Mm, like, okay. I yeah, understand yeah. why they're doing that. They're just dumb. Um, so, <laughs> like, I'll put it this way. Okay. Do you think Ben Shapiro likes actual puns? No. Uh, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, the, I, Ben Shapiro has no sense of fucking humor. Right. So, I mean, like, exactly. There's like, there's that to start with. But... I think when you look at people and you're like, oh, that guy totally edges because he thinks of his mom. I think those people aren't going to like puns. So, okay. Ben Shapiro. Okay. Alex yeah. Jones. Yeah. Uh, who's that one guy who who writes books? Um, who's who's like those guys? Jordan okay. Peterson. Yeah, him. That fuck. Okay. Guy. How? Okay. Um, I just want to know. Sure. How is that? How is that? What? That one guy who writes books? Who's like those guys? Yeah, it's Jordan Peterson. Well, yeah, he's like, amongst those how? guys. Like, yeah. yeah. So okay. And so, uh, yeah. there was a cult of simplicity which allowed for greater complexity of thought, and and that's good. I think that is good. You're like drilling down on what words mean, yeah. Because the more you drill down on what words mean, the more you can actually expand uh, their use and stuff like that. So I get that, mm -hmm. and that's how. Well, the it's it's during it's during that yeah. same time mm -hmm. that uh, Samuel Johnson. Mm -hmm. Or it might have been earlier. No, no, it's around that same time period that Samuel Johnson is, in fact, putting together uh, the first what we recognize as dictionary of the English language. Oh, I'll get to him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He'll right. probably be in the next episode. But yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Samuel Johnson, who's famous for saying, "I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing." Um, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Uh, no. No. Different. 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 J. No, he's the one that MJ, um Samuel like Jackson. people accused him of resembling a hound, right? Does he look like a bitch? A bitch, yeah. yeah. That no, was Marcellus Wallace. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Well, anyway, and so... Marcellus Wallace is the one who won the Battle of Sterling Bridge. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, after he stabbed right. a Viking in the nuts, I remember yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, but so there is this cult of simplicity, and I understand the need for it and mm -hmm. the need to drill down and atomize the language, but at the same time. You're atomizing language that doesn't have a 
standardized spelling yet. Like there's, Mm-mm. there's a lot of work to do before you can get there, but there, you know, mm. that, that's mm-hmm. unfortunately not how the evolution of anything works. So yeah. Um, the cult of simplicity led to a greater complexity of thought and that turned it into a bit of a complex. Therefore puns would not do language, frankly, would not do with these people. There was so much emphasis, so much more emphasis on mathematics and science because quantifiability was preferred. Lauded even. Yeah. This was the era that gave us calculus. Mm Mm-hmm. John Locke himself spoke against language in favor of math because it freed the mind from, quote, the cheat of words. Yeah. Which really helps to explain why he was able to write about natural rights and yet think it was well within his rights to invest large amounts of money into slaving ships because it's about quantity. Mm -hmm. And also, it's really hard to drill down on the rights of man if you define man so broadly. So finding ways to start categorizing what makes a man versus what makes a savage is really helpful to your pocketbook. You need to define whiteness in order to do that, and what better way to do so than by the legitimized cult of rationality and precision? Okay, um, and, yeah. I'm I'm at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm going to quibble a little bit mm-hmm. um, about about the way you're using whiteness. Well, the Portuguese I... invented whiteness in the fifteen fourteen fifteen hundreds. Oh, okay. So by this right. point, the English okay. using, in, in fact, okay. the Portuguese are why we have the uh, derogatory term mulatto. Um, okay. Because it means mule, and a mule yeah. is, is a sterile okay. beast that is a mix, right? Okay. So it's very dehumanizing. Right. I had I had forgotten about the Portuguese. Yeah. Their thing. Yeah. Part of it, and and of okay. course, it's the English. So they take they they're the Steve Jobs of being shitty. They take everybody else's <laughs> ideas, and then they're like, oh, but what if we made it better? Yeah, what if we streamlined that? Right. <laughs> or, or actually, no. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. The English don't streamline fucking anything. I'm sorry. No. Let's let's add multiple layers to it. Yes. And and let's yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, it becomes really easy to say, "Hey, I don't make the rules." When you're the guy making the fucking rules, um, and so they yeah. The English slave trade made whiteness uh, a very popular thing. It didn't invent whiteness. That was, again, the Portuguese. Mm -hmm. But the English slave trade made it very popular so that the West Indies and the American colonies slave labor camps that we call plantations and celebrities get married at um, could still claim to believe in natural rights. Yeah, because the distinction was that, well, you know, they don't really count because savages... Right. They're too close because, to nature for natural yeah. rights. And you're like, yeah. what the fuck what are do- words even like? Yeah. Yeah. In 1681, you had something called the Servant Act in Jamaica, which uh, served as a template for South Carolina shortly thereafter. It highlighted a privileged class, quote, whites. Okay. And yet white is a very ambiguous term. One that yeah. genuinely begs the question, really. And it doesn't hold up to questioning, scrutiny, or mocking given even half a fucking day. How else to get rid of those three things but to delegitimize puns and narrowly define what counts as rational, logical, and valid linguistically? Tie it to math. Okay. It's insurmountable and unassailable. So now you get uh, the blood quantum and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, right? okay. All right. Truth was found in things, not in words. Therefore, the proof was, in many ways, 
a shopped around mutually agreed upon confirmation bias. Okay. Th- this like is how you say shopped around. That's yeah. Yeah. This is how okay. you get phrenology, which comes oh, on the heels. It comes on the heels of these shifts. Oh, and it, it's science that legitimizes the racism and white supremacy via a self-contained logic system of science. Yeah, well, a, a circular a circular logic that's based on a preconceived set of assumptions. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, look, we know that this biased assumption is the case. And so we can see that all of these people have this trait in common that is different from this other group of people. Right. And so... This just proves what we already knew to be fact, but now we have something we can point to and go, well, see if their head is shaped like that, then that means right. that. And and the funny thing is, like now that I now that I say that out loud, mm-hmm. you couldn't get away with that in a speech and debate competition because yes, you you'd could be... if you spoke fast. Thank the you, speech Mr. Speech and debate Gish. competitions are not about fact anymore. They are about quick, rapid fire rhetoric. It is okay. Gish galloping. It is Roger Stone. Okay. It is Ben Shapiro. All wow. over the fucking place. God, yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. Nothing about eloquence. Nothing about the the validity of your arguments anymore. Fuck They're, that. Yeah. Bummer. I am yeah. so sorry to hear that. That. Yeah. I'm sorry to have part to of say me it. just died inside. Yeah. But okay. But like. I'm not I'm not the one, you know, taking the crazy pills here. Like that is that is 110% a circular fucking argument. Yes. Yes. And my and, intuition led me to this and now I found proof that backs up my intuition. It's like, oh. Well, okay. Bully for you, but fucking right. no. Wow, how amazing that you <laughs> ended up on the top of the heap when you just figured out. <laughs> like, yeah. what are the odds? Huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. I'm the only one who's capable of those kinds of thinking because I'm on the top of the heap. It's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's not to say that science didn't take huge steps forward. Calculus is, I don't know. I never got to it. Let's be honest. Um, I slept through Algebra 2. I don't like sequels. But I think calculus is pretty cool. Like, it taught us shit that I don't know. Well, okay, it it laid the groundwork for figuring out the actual model of how the uh, solar system works, and by extension, how the rest of the galaxy functions in See? terms of you there know you go. gravitation and and physics. Yeah. So yeah, That's and cool, and man. then and then has also turned out to be incredibly useful for any number of other things. But See? yeah, there you go. Like yeah. there you go. Go science, right? Yeah. Um, thank you, Incel Newton. You know? Um You know, okay, no. No, oh, I don't think voluntarily incel. celibate. You're right. Yes. He yes. was he was ace. I'm I yeah, am he was ace. Okay. I will I will I argue I will argue to my grave. Okay. You know what what do you think? You think I he think was... he wanted to fuck and he didn't know how to get going. Okay. I, I think the 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 passion with which he kicks that rock when he finds out that, or the stone when he found out somebody else did something really cool mathematically. Yeah. If he had found his person and mm-hmm. he would have he would have fucked their brains out. <laughs> um Okay. All right. I, I, that's that's I, I a will killer. say he was incidentally ace. Um okay. he was, you know, but I, okay. I think he really wanted a bone. So <laughs> Okay. But All right. Nobody he was also petty as, yeah. He was also petty as fuck. 
again, it's, more it's proof. worth noting more proof. I don't know any ace people who aren't chill. Okay. All like right. all my ace friends are I chill as that. fuck. Like, okay. He all is right. petty. He's petty. Cause he's not coming enough. That's okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, he's trying to do like what? What's it called? Uh, not agrolamency. That's that's giantism. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alchemy. Yeah, that the other thing. <laughs> it all comes around to Andre the Giant. For it really does. Like yeah. only what the. <laughs> Yeah, but he's trying to do alchemy and shit. Like he's clearly yeah. trying to turn things into things because he doesn't know how to use his prostate. Like, you know, yeah, he's not ace. All right, he's All not right. ace. He's right, not fair. chill enough to be ace. All right, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that might be the title. Puns. Why Sir Isaac Newton is not chill <laughs> enough to be ace? To be ace. There you go. Um. But anyway, we found so, it. Yeah. Mark that. Yeah. So yeah, science did take huge steps forward. Of course yeah. it did. Like, uh, but it wasn't the best first draft, let's say. Um, and puns suffered from this, as well as a movement toward the encyclopedia and standardized spelling. Because now you could say, well, you can't pun that way. It's not spelled right. Um, which, you know, fifth of all. Or, okay, really? you know what? I you know, you know, my mm -hmm. my usual reaction is is mm -hmm. torturous hatred, but even I look at that and I'm like, fuck the spelling. If it works yeah. verbally, what the hell? Come Thank on you. now. Exactly. exactly. Okay. No, In that's fact, bullshit. My, my favorite kinds are where the spelling hides the pun until you read that shit out loud. And then you're like, <laughs> oh, God damn this guy. I love that. <sighs> and, and Jesus Christ, were these enlightenment assholes just like hot about their attacks on puns. Like in 1709, the same year that the Tatler and the Spectator came out in England, these publications, yeah, yeah, yeah. specifically that were made for coffee house consumption. Mm -hmm. Anthony Ashley Cooper, the third Earl, Earl of Shaftesbury, wrote character characteristics of man. Ah, it's because the spelling's not standard. It's fucking me up. Characteristics <laughs> of men, manners, opinions, and times. In, okay. in it. He celebrated the decline of puns. Quote, we have seen in our time the decline and ruin of a false sort of wit, which so much delighted our ancestors that their poems and plays, as well as their sermons, were full of it. The very language of the court was punning, but tis now banished the town and all good company. There are only some few footsteps of it in the country, and it seems at last confined to the nursery of youth as the chief entertainment of pedants and their pupils. So fourth of all, fuck you. We're we're so much better that we don't pun anymore. Right. Like and and I I I understand getting hit with a pun is a mm -hmm. painful fucking experience. I don't understand that. But I I I, I've, I've I know heard. you're 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 clearly yeah. not wired the same way i guess i'm a top i don't know I, just, <laughs> I don't know what's going on that's so different between me and 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 you poor unfortunate people but yeah. but, but as 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 much as you know and i'm it, not a top feels... by the way i don't no, have the energy I... to be a top <laughs> and i don't have the temperament to be a bottom to be honest i'm like an incidental switch like that's yeah. really <laughs> You're 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 an apathetic switch. Yeah, you're. you're what do you want to do? By, by virtue right. of by by virtue of laziness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
I'll always pick second, you know? Okay. Yeah. This is fair. All right. Whatever, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, but but as, as much as like, I get, I get immediately and irrationally angry. Right. When I get hit with one. Yeah. When a Um, thick, veiny, meaty pun slaps you right across, right across the face. Yeah. Yeah. Just get turkey slapped by one. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Um, uh, even even as angry as I get about that, mm-hmm. calling it a false wit is bold. like explain to me how it's false wit. There 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 is a level of cleverness that has to be involved, mm-hmm. and the cleverness is either there or it isn't. The only false wit is a pun that like doesn't work. Yeah, like if you try a pun and you fail, then well too bad right. so sad that's there's no wit there but like if it actually works yeah how how do you I, it's 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 a it's sophistry yes. false wit is yes. like what what is that okay well it's Th- like you're be... gatekeeping to to a field that you have no interest in going in yeah like it's like well go fuck yourself then yeah fuck like, off yeah. yeah we're we're gonna open the gate now fuck yeah. off yeah. Um, you know, take I've the, also found take the shaft, Shaftsbury. There you go. Bury your shaft deep in that field. There you go. Um, you know, and let me yeah. park my bike. Uh <laughs> nice. Not um, even mad. Yeah. Now it's also it's 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 likely he didn't like the punning attack on his favorite coffee house. So I oh, Jesus, these people always give themselves away. It's not that he hates puns, it's that he hated that it was used against him. Just like loud, right? Yeah. Um, somebody made a punning attack on his favorite coffee house in London a few years earlier. The Amsterdam was called the Amsterdamnable Coffee House. And he just took years to come up with his explanation as to why it's not okay because he has no fucking imagination. Um, but uh, but his bitterness brought him there. Okay. I think. I think. Amsterdamnable. But, Right, it's not. I mean, the best. it's not. not it's not best. a great one, but oh. you know, it's it's still original. Like, yeah, I'm just... okay with bad puns that are original. I what I'm not okay with is somebody going. You know, I tried, I tried almost a dozen puns, uh, you know, and and to see if I could make someone laugh, but no pun in ten did. And it's like, oh God, I read that meme so many years ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that kind yeah. of shit. Like, stop yeah. stealing jokes. Like, yeah. and I don't mind repeating puns. I don't mind people taking mine, and and I don't really mind repeating other people's because I'll give mm-hmm. them credit usually. Um, but I do mind uncreative ones. You know? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Joseph so, Addison, the English yeah. essayist, playwright, poet, and politician, as well as central casting tight ass, uh, who. <laughs> But you're not at all bitter. No, not, I'm not partisan in this central, at all. Central casting. <laughs> I'm pretty sure some of my students would argue that's me. But yeah. wow, <laughs> you're central casting. casting grump. Like there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a central casting grump. You're not a central okay. Casting okay, tight, tight ass. ass. Okay, that's fair. But he hung that's out fair. with Jonathan Swift, and he founded the Spectator <laughs> magazine. And he wrote that it was a good thing that, quote, errant puns were, quote, banished out of the learned world, citing them as a medieval holdover well past its expiration date. 
like how the fuck is this a sign of progress like right. explain to me right look we've squeezed all the joy out of things aren't we better now <laughs> it's like no you're just british you're just... it's just <laughs> actually Christ. you know what i don't know if I didn't... what year was that uh let's see that's 17 when... what now I want to say that it's before 1714. So I think we're talking like 1705, 1709, 1710. Okay. I I just have to point out that that, Mm -hmm. um, we can't even call them British because the act of union didn't happen until 1801. You're just fucking English. Yeah. You're just goddamn fucking English. There you go. Assholes. Yeah. All right. So in 1714, there's an anonymous pamphleteer who wrote, quote, uh, wrote something called God's Revenge Against Punning, shewing the miserable fates of persons addicted to this crying sin in court and town. Okay, I might occasionally, in reaction to something you've turkey slapped me with, get dramatic in that way, but anybody reading it would know that I'm intentionally engaging in, in... you know, hyperbole hyperbole yeah. yeah this 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 individual was not doing that though no fucking pamphleteering it like like taking you know how much it costs to write shit back then to typeset well, it to, and to, to print to, it out yeah and and this is what he dedicated his time for this is some anonymous pamphleteer so this, this, we're what okay. we're getting here by the way are anonymous commenters we, we yeah. have a comment section Okay, that just completely shifted my <laughs> my paradigm view. Yes, of 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 the press. Yes, in this time period in England, I'm I'm gonna have to contemplate that later. But oh, okay, you ready for this shit? <laughs> in the pamphlet, the motherfucker, whoever it is, compares puns to the Great Fire and to the Black Death. What contagion and all? What? <laughs> The Black Death. Yes. Here, here's the quote. Quote, this does occasion the corruption of our language, and therein the word of God translated into our language, which certainly every sober Christian must tremble at. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and now and now and now we see where it comes from. It's it's humorless (laughs) religious assholes. Yeah, Yeah. okay. All right. Shame and Christmas. The author then linked horrid accidents and deformations to the sin of punning as well as excessive drinking and Toryism. Oh my God, you know who this was? Who? This was Jack Chick's earliest known English ancestor. Who's Jack Chick's? Oh God, uh, Chick Tracts? Those those vile little black and white comics. Uh, uh, Jack Chick published yeah. like so many different ones. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the, the name of the one, but famously, uh, he, he published a, a comic they, they, they were all like these vile little comic books basically, Okay. uh, in, in which, uh, he, he clearly had, had never actually spoken to anybody who'd played a tabletop role playing game. Uh, um... but he totally, uh, jumped on and fueled a portion of the satanic panic around D and D with one of these little tracts about, you know, uh, uh, everybody who plays D and D is trying to get to a point within playing the game where they learn black magic and sorcery and it's all mm-hmm, devil worship mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was that one. And then, but he, but he's, he's this, he was, 
he has mm-hmm. passed. Um, and it's it's a rare thing. I will say this about anyone, but the world is a better place for his not being in it anymore. Um, I'm sure members. I'm sure there there are people who mourn him, but I'm not going to be one of them. Um, he wrote all kinds of stuff that was that was anti-Jewish, anti-Muslim, anti-Catholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite examples of his his type of of tract was the Death Cookie. That's the actual title. Okay. In which in which he made the argument that um, Catholics uh, engaging, taking part in communion, taking part in the Eucharist, uh, are are unknowingly um, uh, performing a Babylonian ritual. Oh, good fucking god! I mean, like, and and all of his all of his tracts would end with uh, you know some some poor idiot. Uh, who who had been fooled into saying the wrong magic words, being confronted by a very sad-eyed but very cruel Jesus, who said, "I'm sorry, I I cannot recognize you and let you into heaven because you repeated the uh, uh, the the special thing that the special thing the, the one the one that comes to my mind in in this context is uh, the the phrase that Muslims say the the confirmation of faith." Wow. Uh, you know, uh, there is no God, but Allah and Muhammad is his prophet. The the phrase that they say, somebody gets, you know, this, this evil Muslims right. trick somebody into saying it. And because you've said the words, well, you know, you're a Muslim now, so you can't get into heaven because that's, you know, false. Right. It's, it's, I mean, just the ugliest kind of horrible, horrible, it's like, like all of the, all of the worst shit in American evangelical Christianity is what shows up in these things. And, and so this asshole mm-hmm. that you're talking about who anonymously published this pamphlet about, you know, puns are destroying our language and, you know, cutting us off from God by doing it. It's right. like <laughs> how, how, like as a, as a believer, I have to look at that and be like, how small and weak do you think God is? That exact thing. That's the thing. Like when people like, I don't go for witchcraft. I'm like, isn't your God like all powerful? Why do you care? Like, you know, and, 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 and I'm, and this is after, mm -hmm. this is well after James, so, so these people are probably this, this individual is probably pointing to the King James Bible, which evangelicals sure. in this country have done for fucking ever. Yeah. Um, like 99% of serious, uh, Christian religious scholars will point to it and go, yes, if you want to know the worst translation ever, ever widely published, it's King James. That's, mm-hmm. it's a shitty translation. Um, but like, well, no, it was divinely inspired and, you know, you're all just like, you know, jealous and you have your noses up your own butts or whatever it is. They, they try to claim like, anyway, yeah, this, this, this individual you're talking about very clearly is operating in the same vein of bitter, twisted, narrow, hateful religious zealotry Mm -hmm. as, as Jack chick 200 and some odd years later. It's it's yeah yeah no I I do not disagree uh, a lick I, I I fully agree with you on this so and actually that's where I'm gonna hold it because uh, okay. in the next episode we're gonna start with Jonathan Swift 
Okay. Um, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. So, so far, uh, what have you gleaned? Uh, well, um, that as much as I have the visceral reaction I do to being assaulted with a pun, I can't imagine being that uptight about them. Like on an, on an intellectual level, I, I, I don't understand and I'm, and I'm going to have a hard time wrapping my head around Mm -hmm. the idea of, uh, puns somehow being primitive. Like I, I, I really like the way you, you described them as protean. Mm -hmm. I do. I do really like that, but the while protean and primitive can be used as synonyms like mm-hmm. there's there's some overlap there it's not the same damn thing no and and what what good is a language where there is no flexibility yeah. like if you have to have a precise word for every single concept and every single idea and there's never words that that can have multiple meanings or where there's situations where um, two words, you can't have two words for the same thing. Well, and that's that just ends up being it's artificial. Bullshit. I mean, yeah. honestly, what you're doing, I have zero problem with deciding on terms and yeah. saying these are the terms in which we're going to examine this. And this will be the lens with which we look, right? I got zero problem with that. I have a problem when you say, okay, this circumstantial jargon, because that's what it is, mm-hmm. now applies to that word outside of this realm. And it's like, no, it doesn't. That's not how a language works. As the guy who taught a dead language for the better (laughs) part of his career, the way that languages die is the second that you actively try to restrict the meanings of words instead of allowing them to grow and expand. I don't like that kids are using the word finna, but I'm not going to stop them because it's a shortening of fixing to. And fixing yeah. to is from a southern dialect thing. And guess what? It has diffused. And you know what? It's fine. It's 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 gonna be okay. And if you sit there and say, well, that's not a word, or that that word is being used improperly there because it really just means this, then you are one hundred percent killing off a language. You are divorcing that mm-hmm. language from the culture. You're freezing it in place, mm-hmm. claiming that your culture therefore is static. And, and mm-hmm. when you do that, okay. you, you have signed its death warrant. Yeah. Um, so I really, you're finna kill it. Yeah. You know, I, I really have trouble with, with people taking their jargon and mm-hmm. then expanding that out uh, again, no problem using the jargon. Mm-hmm. Um, but the moment the it turns time, into the yeah. moment it turns into a calcifying right. force. And at the same time, I I completely understand people's frustration with dumbasses using the word theory in a pejorative way <laughs> when talking yeah. about evolution and yeah, stuff like right. that. Like I get that, but that yeah. just their their solution yeah. is never to be like, okay, we can only ever use this word this way. Their solution is never to do that. Their solution is you have to understand that in different contexts it means different things, which to me absolutely takes care of that. Like Yeah. Well, because there's there's a level of intellectual honesty mm-hmm. involved yeah. and a willingness and a willingness to put in psychological effort. Absolutely. 
that that's required. And, and it's not, honestly, at the end of the day, it's not a rhetorical trick like the other side is trying to do by yeah. saying, oh, it's just a theory. Mm -hmm. Yes, precisely. So, yeah. So, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> I asked you what you gleaned and then I, I ranted. Um, yeah, that's that's what we're doing yeah. for, for, for this particular topic. So yeah. that's that's totally understandable. So, is there anything you would recommend people to read? Um, not right now. I, okay. I am, uh, stuck in a mode where everything I'm reading right now is student work ahead of, uh, grades. Uh, so I, I have not had the opportunity to, uh, to do anything. What about you though? I'm sure yeah. you have something. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell people to go pick up Ian McDonald's. Ian is spelled I A I N. So Scottsman. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ian McDonald's, uh, book called misunderstood over 400 hilarious puns one-liners and dad jokes um he doesn't do the the eight page long setup for one tiny little pun like i do but mm -hmm. we still love him um he's my friend from scotland who does really good pun jokes and stuff like that and, and all right his book is phenomenal my daughter reads it uh probably every couple weeks um so i strongly recommend misunderstood by ian mcdonald all right very cool uh, where can people find you if they want to, or if you want to be found? If I want to be found, I can be found at uh, Mister Underscore Blaylock on TikTok. I can be found on Twitter at Catfetcher, uh, and then we collectively uh, can be found on Twitter as Geek History of Time and www.geekhistoryoftime.com or geekhistorytime, pardon me, dot com is our website. Uh, and of course we can be found on, uh, the Apple podcast app or on Stitcher, wherever you have found us, clearly you have. Uh, and so when you have an opportunity, please take a moment to give us the five-star review that, you know, we deserve. And please, if you haven't done so already hit the subscribe button. Um, and where can you be found? Yeah. Just so. want to remind people we are not a Ryan's belt. We deserve more than three stars. We are not a waste of space. Um, and, uh, yes, you can find me, at, on TikTok at duh harmony one, two H's in the middle there. Ed is rolling his eyes. Um, and actually find me there. Cause there's a bunch of puns on there. I, I made a bunch of puns. I think last year, mm -hmm. um, I do want to update mm -hmm. it. Uh, but right now there's a lot of good puns there. Just a lot yeah. of lot of fun stuff you can also find me uh, depending on when this drops either march 3rd april 7th or may 5th you will find me in sacramento at luna's with capital punishment slinging puns uh we we have booked several really good lineups you're gonna want to see all of them if you're in the area um bring ten dollars proof of vaccination we encourage you to wear a mask because you know four thousand people died yesterday from covid so it's still mm. going yeah. um but uh yeah come check those things out uh and and that yeah that'll do it so all right for geek history of time i'm damien harmony and i'm ed blaylock and until next time keep rolling 20s